Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Krause. It's sleepy time, Ian. It's the sleepy cast. No, no, no. It's a Monday. We have to be bright and bouncing and (laughs) we have to do this. It is our job. It is our duty. It is our eternal punishment for our mortal sin. We must answer these questions from our patrons over at patreon.bumblecast. No, <laughs> patreon.com slash bumblecast. There we go. Coffee.com slash bumblecast and our YouTube members. No Monday. No Monday. No Monday. Not allowed. Uh, we could use it. Kofi. What do we say to the god of sleep? Not right now. No, no. Monday, 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 Monday. No, every day is Monday. <laughs> oh, oh, no. All right, we're going to get started off with this one from Amazing. I was recently replaying Sonic 06 and started thinking about the story, always a bad idea, when Mephilus showed Shadow a future version of himself captured. Was that a fake or was Mephilus actually telling Shadow his true future? Well, the first step is admitting you have a problem, so good for you. I'm proud. <laughs> uh, I always took it as a conjured image but that Mephilus was telling the truth because that nothing is worse than the truth nothing is more damning than the truth and later Omega says that he was the one to take Shadow down in the future so that just seems to all sync up you know Mephilus actually has a legitimate point and Shadow still rejects him so that's the way I took it I don't remember how the script for the game worded it. Cause we were given that for a project that never came to fruition, but I don't think it ever implied that it was a false image. I think it was just meant to be. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. You want to help me destroy humanity? And she was like, no, well, why not? I don't want to <laughs> You're mean screw you. And then you have a boss fight. I think that's how it went. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's kind of how I remember it. He he's he says a lot about me files and things like that. So yeah, I think that's how that happened. Here's a question from Andrew D. In a recent bubblecast, you said we don't know what happened in the Phantom Ruby after Sonic Forces, but considering Sonic Mania's Encore mode picks up after Sonic Forces, didn't the Phantom Ruby go back to the past and disappear at the end of Encore mode, or is Encore mode not canon, or something else? I'm honestly not sure. I don't know how canon Encore mode is, if at all. So it may be that Sonic Mania Adventures supersedes it. It may be that they coexist. I I don't know. Hmm. Either way, the Phantom Ruby disappears to some extent, so we still don't know what happened to it. Uh-oh. 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 Guess that's good. You have it in the back pocket for later. Here's one from Batman 69. Lol. How would you write for an ensemble cast of six plus characters? Like, should there be a main, main character, or should all of them be written as the main character? Uh, depends on the size of your project and what you want to do with that ensemble cast. Uh, sometimes an ensemble cast exists as an exploration of the main character. Uh, like, let's take Batman. You know, Mr. I'm Alone. I only watch this city by myself along with Nightwing, Red Hood, Red Robin, Robin, Batgirl, Batwoman, it, sig, Signal, I think. 
spoiler cast cassandra it, it, the list goes on maybe <laughs> the bat family yes i work alone here's my Catwoman on alternating wednesdays you know <laughs> but nobody's going to argue that batman isn't you know a solo book but it is an ensemble cast so mm, yes and batman himself whether it's his rogues gallery or his supporting cast they are all reflections of him to some extent or another, some exploration of him or his personal pursuits uh, to strike a little closer to home. Uh, Sad AM. We've said before that it's more Sally's show than Sonic's. Yeah. But, you know, it's Sonic on the title. It's his theme song. And he is the main driver in many of the episodes. Just because Sally has the more uh, personal tie to the greater narrative it is still sonic's story insofar as he is the main character and he and sally have numerous parallels that you use to explore the plight of mobius and such with so in that regard there's kind of two main characters or as you can argue and then the other characters around them are used to reflect their various personality traits to act as foils to introduce minor internal conflicts or to allow for different approaches to your narrative conflicts or you have something like x-men which is just i am legion har har no pun intended on that one but like <laughs> who who is the x-man and if you say nate graham on a slap you you know what i'm talking about it's like the most ensemble of ensemble casts and it's not so much who is in the team as it's the ideal of the team in that they are the outsiders who are trying to do good in a world that doesn't want them to do anything and who they are and how they play off each other and how they tackle that greater conflict for the team is where all the interest lies. And you can have multiple threads woven throughout as each one goes through their own bit of melodrama or, Team, uh, team angst or their own personal journey that the rest of the team is there for or not. It really does depend on what the project is and what your scope is. Like if you have a television show, you're going to be able to do more within 22 minutes than you're going to do on 20 pages of comic. But if it's your personal passion project that you're throwing out on webtoon from now to the end of the universe, you know, you can do whatever you want at your own pace. So what I guess to boil it all down too long, didn't read or didn't listen. I, what is the purpose of the ensemble cast? Are they the backdrop to your main character or are they the personification of your greater themes? And that will go a long way in informing how you use that ensemble cast. All right. Makes enough sense to me. Here's one from Digimon 11. It always interested me how narratively the Super Mario Land trilogy connects to each other. Mario goes off to rescue Daisy in a standard Mario adventure in Super Mario Land 1. Then in Land 2, it was discovered that Wario took over his castle while Mario was in Sarasaland. And finally, in Wario Land 1 slash Super Mario Land 3, Wario is upset about his loss and goes after the stolen peach statue to get his own castle better than Mario's, which outside the Mario Land trilogy leads into Wario Land 2. My question is, if you were going, if you were doing an adaptation of the Super Mario Land trilogy, how would you handle the story? Would you do anything more with the narrative connections, expand anything about the games, or just leave it as is? 
depends on the scope. Like, if this is meant to be a set of miniseries that tackles the whole thing, I don't know if I could squeeze four issues out of any one Mario Land, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> I'm willing to try. Nintendo, please send me a check. Um, it would be, I would follow the basic story, sure. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. Why try to reinvent the wheel? The core narrative is fine. Um, it would probably make more sense to tackle those three as a mini series by itself. Uh, if you had to break it into four, which is the modern standard, I don't quite know where you'd make the break necessarily. Maybe you can expand it out to a six parter. Everybody gets two. That would be a nice enough breathing room, maybe a little long, but for all three, that might work out. And, you know, in general, I'd tackle it the same way I do a Mario book today. Something that focuses on the whimsy and the comedy and the adventure of the series. Keep it fairly light. Keep it bouncy. Keep it moving. And don't worry too much about the finer details. Just make sure that you're true to the source material and tell something fun. Yeah, Mario Land 1 and 2 especially. I think it would be very uh, breezy. I mean, you might even be able to get away with one issue for Mario Land 1, to be fair. It's very, very threadbare. (laughs) So, depends on how much you want to extend it out. But uh, I think it would be fun. I think it would work. I like the idea, at least. Here's a question from Dev. I believe you said Sonic Origins Plus was a surprise to you. But in Origins Plus, do you believe the Game Gear games will be shown or described in chronological order in the game since they are canon? I love how original Origins finally put Sonic CD in a chronological order in the series and was hoping the Game Gear games would also fall in line. I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to be put together. Um, I don't expect the Game Gear games to be done in any chronological fashion. I'm I'm assuming they're just kind of like an arcade mode. You know, here's some extra content to boot it up and play it as you see fit. Uh, I would be happily surprised otherwise, but I honestly don't know because I'm not part of that project. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just wondering where the rest of the games are. Like there's still a bunch of Genesis games that could have thrown in there. Yeah. There's a certain 32 X game they could have threw in there. (laughs) whatever whatever e200 paragon has a question in sa2 the bio lizard is heavily implied to have been created using black doom's dna due to being shadow's prototype but the dna caused it to mutate out of control thus technically making it a member of the black arms in shadow 05 specifically death ruins there are vines and killer plants that have been mutated due to the black arms biomass infecting the area in IDW, Surge and Kid are genetically modified by Starline using the DNA of Sonic, Shadow, and Tails, thus technically making them members of the Black Arms through Shadow's biodata, and technically Black Doom's grandchildren. With all these technicalities in mind, my question is this. Could it be possible to reintroduce the idea of the Black Arms for IDW? I'd have to go back and double check, but I think the whole thing with the Bio Lizard is that it was Gerald working on his own, and the introduction of the black arms DNA was the breakthrough that allowed him to go from a monstrous creature that needs a ridiculously sized piece of life support equipment just to maintain it to hedgehog. 
<laughs> that was the major tipping point. But I could be wrong. There might be something in like the Japanese material that never made it over. But that's neither here nor there because they're all dead right now. Shadow blowed them up real good. So if in, in, in arms, one ending in the ending, come on now, it's the final story. It's Ian, this is Sega. They could retcon this at any moment. Like, like you could literally get a call in like two seconds here. Like, yep, up, oh, black arms are back. Well, that's the thing. Like, if Sega decides to reintroduce the black arms, then sure, may and <laughs> allows IDW to touch them, then sure they can come back. Um, we are not in the same position as we were in the Archie days, and you know, doing the offshoot thing with Eclipse and whatever the other guy's name was. He was. <laughs> He was not important. He was just there to introduce Eclipse and die. Uh, <laughs> so, well, we'll see. We'll see. I. It's not going to happen anytime soon, I'm sure. Oh, Black Death? <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> you killed him? <laughs> <laughs> or at least because he died? I don't know. Uh, silly. Here's a question from Godzilla. How would Sage and Bowser Jr. get along? I feel like they would get along decently well. What do you think? Maybe eventually. I see them as not quite jiving because Bowser Jr. is so bratty and infantile next to Sage. He really is. Um, I could see them getting along so far in the gleeful destruction of their enemies, or the enemies of their fathers, more specifically. But it would dissolve immediately when it became a question of whose dad was better. Like this would be school ground argument. Yeah. Uh, my dad's better. Well, no, my dad's better. Well, your dad's dumb. Your dad smells like cheese. It would just be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 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 They'd, they'd eventually get along though. I think eventually it'd be fun though. Hype beast has a question. Does the definitions of parallel universes that exist in our world exist in Sonic's? If you truly believe, yes, they can. But do they? Not can they, yes, do sure. they? I I suppose. We've answered this a dozen times in a dozen ways at this point. I'm pretty sure you're right. I think this is just the same question reworded that we've answered before. Here's one from James J. Main series Omega, pre-Genesis wave Archie Omega, and post-Genesis wave Archie Omega have somehow come across each other. What happens? Well, assuming they don't immediately open fire on each other, assuming that they're replicants made by Eggman <laughs> and take two seconds to decide that they are just three vaguely, faintly, barely different flavors of Omega, <laughs> then they just go on a triple rampage. Yeah, I was going to say, they're like pretty much the same character. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm down. And our last question before we take a break is from Jolene B. Sonic's world has been definitively confirmed to be Earth. But on a personal level, do you prefer Sonic being from Earth or from Mobius? Or heck, maybe you'd prefer it being Planet Freedom or just Sonic's world. It's a minor detail, but I feel like each of them frames the world building in a different way. So I'm curious which your favorite is. We can't call it Planet Freedom because we had there's a game called Freedom Planet, so... We can't call we can't do that anymore. No, nope, not allowed. Um and you're right. The the planets themselves do bring a little bit of 
color to the interpretation of each one. And for that, I kind of like it being earth now because Mobius was from a different era. Mobius was very decidedly a different type of Sonic and that's done now. We're well past that. That has, that has not been part of Sonic for such a long time. We're in a completely different era and earth, well, Sonic's earth, this incarnation of earth that kind of encapsulates everything. So yeah, I like that just fine. I mean, honestly, the name Mobius really endures, though. Like even people I mean, who are interesting, sure. Yeah, like even people who haven't followed Sonic in years or even decades still call where Sonic lives Mobius. Like it's still like I think within the popular culture, like if you asked where Sonic is from, you probably either get answers of either Green Hill or Mobius or both. Mm. <laughs> which green hill is wrong has never been correct but mobius technically has been correct <laughs> but i mean and, i mean and mobius also is just apparently earth in the future depending on which incarnation of mobius we're talking yeah. about but you know <laughs> uh it could be maybe it's a nermyville i don't know <laughs> no it's not i mean team sonic racing introduced the idea of planet Dodonpa. And unless King Dodonpa is the only one on that planet and everything else is mechanized, there's at least one other world of animal people. So maybe there is a Mobius out there somewhere with more animal people on it. And the name can be revived in some fashion. But for now, it served its purpose and we are with Earth and I'm content with that. At least we have Mount Mobius. As mm-hmm. a reference, I suppose. I guess. I guess. It's like calling your calling something Mount Earth. Okay. <laughs> oh well. On that bombshell, let's take a break. And then we'll be back with more on the Bumblecast. We're back! And here's one from Lukio X30. In the last few days, I've noticed that Sonic's Earth is comprised of of quite high sci-fi cities that I assume aren't controlled by Eggman, such as in Riders slash Zero Gravity. Is his world a cyberpunk dystopia controlled by the technological elite that draws a thick line between them and the more rural lower class, holding military organizations like Gunn as their own private police force with their mechs? Is Eggman secretly raging against the metaphorical machine while simultaneously using his actual ones to overthrow the shadow government? Sure, the mass animal cruelty and slavery is bad and all, but Sonic definitely isn't liberating an ecological utopia. Hashtag Eggman for liberation through subjugation. See, here I was sweating bullets going, okay, how do I you know, hand wave this explanation? But no, 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 this is just a propaganda beast. <laughs> And why are you muscling in on my territory? We all know I'm a friend of the Eggman Empire. Go peddle your words elsewhere. This is my street corner. <laughs> uh, what, what, what is your answer, Ian? What do you think? I think that's way more interesting than what any thought has actually been applied to any of these settings. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think most of the writers in Zero Gravity tracks locations look the way they do because they used the engine from F-Zero GX and just didn't change the art style. 
<laughs> you can also hand wave a fair bit of um, zero since it's supposed to all happen in or around monopole. So it might just be that one setting. But yeah, I mean, you look at it or you look at Grand Metropolis and then you look at like Adabat or Missouri and it's like, it's very different. I mean, that we have such discrepancies in the real world, you know, super sci-fi looking cities of today and the more rustic urban environments. But I don't know. Adding the animal people almost calls it into question more somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. St. Louis, Missouri. That <laughs> legendary sonic location. It's right next to Memphis, Tennessee. There's one from Miles Per Hour Davis. So the ancients came to Earth. Does that mean the seven temples of Gaia used to recharge the Chaos Emeralds are ancient structures? Is it possible that the ancients sensed Light Gaia's presence as good winning over evil and came to the planet for safety and worshipped him? That's kind of a fan idea when you get down to it. The nature of the ancients and the Gaia temples, and if there's any connection, has not been explored publicly, officially. No. You should worship Chip, though. Obviously. We've already established I worship the Eggman Empire. Mm. Mm. Only acknowledge the existence of gods so we can shove them into a generator to power our lovely theme parks. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But Chip died for our sins. Or did he? I'm not so sure. If you meet God in your travels, ask if he's double A or triple A. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's one from Morless. I think we all know that one of the best parts about the Titan fights in Frontiers is the awesome finishing blows that Supersonic performs on them particularly with Giganto, Wyvern, and Knight. My question is, let's say we replace Supersonic with Burning Blaze. How do you think Burning Blaze would strike a finishing blow on these mighty giants? (laughs) Very fiery. (laughs) Explosively. Yeah. Like, the visceral punch that took out Giganto, I would want to keep the same. Because that just kind of sets the tone of what kind of power you're playing with. But to vary it up, you know, maybe with Wyvern, after its maw gets filled up with missiles, she ignites it with her own fiery power and just makes an even bigger boom. Could be and that they melt. Knight, maybe she melts them. Uh, so fiery. With Knight, with Knight, Sonic does the whole big, you know, swing the sword cut in half thing. But Blaze, no, no, no. She would just incinerate it. Like, drop a sun on it and just ever so slowly but assuredly reduce it to not but ash. Yes. Oh, yes. Do want. Do like it can, want. It can reach up. It can grab the fireball. Its little wheels are spinning like crazy as they try to push back. And then the wheels kind of melt as its legs start to deform under the heat and the pressure. And it just smush. <laughs> uh, why is blaze so op and well why why should why is she never used if she is so op we really need more blaze more blaze need we need burning blaze to put supersonic in his place which is like 60 feet underground <laughs> and on fire here's one from noni dear ian and kyle is the water that makes chaos carbonated? And if so, does he have any preferences on what flavorings can be added? 
I don't think he's carbonated, but he must be in the sea considering how salty he is. <laughs> it's true, though. Although now I'm entertained with the notion of Sonic, you know, zipping in, like dropping little Kool-Aid packets into him every now and again, <laughs> just to see what color he turns. <laughs> just, just pisses him off even more. <laughs> I mean, Knuckles is tickled. Now chaos is his color. <laughs> and he's fruit punch flavored. Knuckles don't drink the God of Destruction. Uh, don't make him. Don't make him green. Don't want to. Don't drink the God. Don't drink the God. <laughs> you know how rare it is to find ecto cooler anymore. Don't waste it on chaos. <laughs> be worth it though for someone to be in, to have a bunch of chow like in peril somewhere, and then chaos just bursts down the wall, being all red and bubbly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we know what chaos cola is made out of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'm being told this is another uh, accidental Sonic Boob episode. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does beg the question: Could Eggman somehow immobilize or contain sh- uh, chaos with enough powderized gelatin? <laughs> Like, instead of splish splash, he's all wibbly wobbly. Uh, maybe, maybe. But he, he still has the stretchy attacks. He's yeah. still metamorph, so <laughs> you know, all you've done is give him slightly more vicosity. <laughs> Encase the gods in cans and sell them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, capitalism. Boss, I believe you've made a mistake. You're right, there's always room for Jello. Look out! <laughs> <laughs> J-E-L-L, oh no! <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Chaos Jigglers. <laughs> oh no. Oh boy. <laughs> oh no. I love it. Pizza Person has a question. I have a slightly lengthy question about the future boys, Silver. In the 2018 South by Southwest Q&A... Azuka said that they'd like to think about doing something for Silver since he is a popular character when someone asked if there would be a Silver the Hedgehog game. In the same Q&A event, the head of Sonic Team also stated Silver and Shadow were very important characters to them and they'd like to bring more of them to the fans. In the 2023 official fan events in Seoul and Taipei, it was shown Knuckles and Silver tied for fourth as Sonic Team's most favorited characters in an internal ranking by the team. All of that said, why do you think we haven't seen Silver used more outside the comics? And looking forward, in your opinion, do you think we will ever see him used in a major capacity, like in a cartoon, animation, game, or movie? I want to trust Azuka that Silver is an important character, but Silver doesn't seem to get as much love as the other major characters have received over the past decade. Do you have any insight? Uh, What legitimate insights I have is all insider talk that I can't really get into. But just in general... Here's the thing with the ensemble cast, kind of circling back to the earlier question, is finding time for everybody. And you, we've seen how hard and how long it's been for them to give ample screen time to just the core four. You know, give something of narrative worth to Tails and Amy and Knuckles, not just Sonic or your guest character du jour. So the extended cast comes as kind of a sacrifice to that. 
that and with every additional character you have to budget for your rigs for your animation of them if there's any gameplay tied to them for voice uh acting in all the languages that it's going to cover you know each character brings with it a huge cost and the larger the cast <laughs> the bigger that price tag is going to be real quick so i think it's not any like dedicated slight it's more of just a matter of time and money you know just getting it all of this in takes a lot of time and consideration uh, game wise you know silver was built around a very different type of gaming experience that they haven't even approached since 2006 now after 2006 we moved towards the boost model and that's not a place for our boy silver so now that we are shifting to something else via frontiers, maybe there's an opportunity to explore something a little more slow paced and methodical that would work to what silver's moveset is, or maybe silver just needs to be rethought in terms of playability. I mean, he's only had one major appearance. Everything else has been a boss encounter or so dialed back. It's fairly universal. So I don't know how they're going to tackle it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll see him in playable form once again at some point. Fingers crossed. <clears throat> Scurvy Pirate Hog has a question. Time for some trademark silliness. Whose silliness? You decide. Anyway, Surgeon Kit. The Sonic and Tails imposters created by Starline to take down the real Sonic and Tails. But as we know, Starline lost control over them. But instead of using his hypno glove to take them down, what if he had another plan to take them down? What if we create an imposter surge and an imposter kit to take down surgeon kit? What would the imposters imposters be like? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, huh. Sonic and tails. <laughs> <laughs> he just hires them to take them on. Look, I know I did bad, but I'll give you a chili dog. Please. We'll be friends. And it would work. <laughs> Cause of course it would. Sonic, not a tails. Hear out. He said, "Chili dog." Um, God, something even more remotely attached, like a porcupine and a I don't know what's related to a fox, but not a fox at that point. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just gonna say Ardwolf off the top of my head because that's the first image that pops wolf. in there. Yeah, Wolf. It seems to be one that's yeah. come up here. You know, have to rush production so they barely have any personality at all. They're barely functional. <clears throat> Maybe one of them randomly explodes. Uh, I should fix that in beta. Darn it all. No, that would just be sad. It would be tragic. <laughs> Surgeon Kid already sad and tragic, and this would just be a mess. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. What would the imposters imposters be like? I don't know, man. It's like when you have too many copies and the toner starts running low. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, you can make... I'm poking fun at it. This could get real tragic and real dark real fast. But I feel like we were already toeing the line with Surge <laughs> and Kit, even as a joke answer. I don't want to go there. It's a Monday, man. We don't need to start with those kinds of vibes. <laughs> Uh, I'm being suggested they could be a porcupine and a thylacine. Thylacine, hey, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, Tasmanian tiger is as 
fox like is an hard wolf so why not yeah sure yeah sure <laughs> uh they melt in water they're water soluble oh no <laughs> oh boy simply sonic has a question I have been curious as to what happened at the end of Sonic Generations where all of space-time, dimensions, and reality was restored. Was that because of the Chaos Emerald? Tails mentioned something about using the Chaos Emeralds to restore everything, so I was curious. Pretty much, it's very hand-wavy. They already said the Sonic's speed restored time as they ran through it, so the Super Sonics using Chaos Emerald energy did it super faster? Yep. It blowed up the time eater, and that undid all that it ate, I guess. Delicious. Time just exploded out of the time eater's stomach. Good. Sounds fine to me. I don't... I have no idea. Here's Steph Cube. We all remember how amazing it was to see Super Sonic lift the giant sword of the Night Titan in Frontiers. This game reminded us how powerful Super Sonic actually is, but that made me wonder how much weight do you think normal Sonic could lift if he uses all of his strength? We haven't actually seen too much of that, from what I can immediately recall. Sonic doesn't even lift, bro. Have you seen his arms? They're like freaking wobbly, wibbly, wobbly hose noodles. Yeah, but Shadow can flip a whole, like, city bus with those same noodle arms. Yeah. Cream can lift Amy Amy and Big with those same noodle arms. Yeah. Them noodle arms may just be hyper-compressed, man. That might be just, like, pure, unadulterated power. I thought we established that uh, Big doesn't, or Cream doesn't fly with Big. Big just pushes the planet away from him. (laughs) Okay, but Charmy. Charmy lifts up Espeon Vector with his tiny, tiny noodle arms. Okay, I guess Rouge, Rouge lifts up Shadow and Omega, which I think is probably the most impressive because Omega cannot be light. Oh yeah, he's a he's a hefty boy. So, uh, but we haven't actually seen what Sonic can do arm strength wise. It's all in the legs and the spin dashing. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, how much of the destructive power that he unleashed in Black Knight is because he held a magic sword, and how much of it is he's just secretly swole? <laughs> he's not. He's just going to keep it cool. He's going to keep it under wraps. Is... This is something I have to bring to the top people. I must bring this question to the top men. I must know. <laughs> the top men at Sega. <laughs> Do it, Ian. Do it. <laughs> that hidden picture in Sonic CD of that super buff Sonic. That's him just finally relaxing and letting all the musculature just pop. Boom. <laughs> Werehog was the real Sonic all along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a question from Stephen A. We've solved Cisco versus Picard. Sorry, Picard, but Cisco done fought the Dominion on the home front while you were out on a weird fountain of youth planet. But this did get me curious. Who were your favorite character arcs on Deep Space Nine? Was it watching Cisco go from the administrator to, of an old crappy station into a war-hardened captain of a conflict that he had to do some dark stuff in order to win? It's a fake... Was it Gold Ducat from Charmingly Evil to Outright Unspeakable Evil who decides that maybe the eradication of an entire species would solve his problems? Or is it Worf finally going from paralyzed by his natural predator falling barrels to an absolute stone-cold badass who no longer has to deal with the Worf effect and is basically 
the Captain America of the Klingon Empire who stands for the ideal rather than the actuality. Or was it Garak who was just a simple tailor this whole time and that's it? No secrets around that guy. No, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Garak was always fun, sure, but... Oh, man. Uh, Odo, easily, was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And everything revolving around Quark. Yeah. And since those two kind of crossed over a lot, I was a happy boy. Uh, <laughs> yes. Gold Ducat. Yeah. Now, oh, now there's a villain. You know, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, he is not going to let it get to him. He is always going to find some way to weasel back on top, even if it means selling his soul to the Paw Wraith. It's, it's just, he's so slimy and smooth about it. Just, mm-hmm. So almost unflappably arrogant the entire time, even when he knows he's faking. Just, mm. Ah, he he's a good one. He's he's a formative character for me. I liked him. Just ah, what a great villain. <laughs> yes, I mean, Wayun was all right, but I guess part of his character wasn't. You don't really do much with him. I feel like Worf still kind of suffered a bit from the Worf effect throughout. I mean, there's an entire episode that hinges on the fact that he's getting beaten up, but he won't give up. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, oh, damn, that guy can take a hit. Uh, I give up. So, <laughs> but he does get to pilot the Defiance, and oh, man, was the Defiant not just the coolest ship. Oh, I want that Defiant. I it will forever be a crime against our species that we did not get the Captain Worf spinoff series. I with him know. I know. <laughs> oh, Michael Dorn can carry a TV show. He can carry a movie. He could carry the entire damn planet if he needed to. Just, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> never understand why we never we didn't get Worf the series. Uh, but yeah, there were other fun ones throughout, to be sure, but those were the particular highlights for me. Yeah, yeah. Worf, definitely. I do appreciate his character better in Deep Space Nine than in uh, TNG. He's, mm. he's utilized a little better there. You, you're right. He still does have some Worf effect issues, but it's definitely not as bad. And, you know, he's just a nice, familiar face to have in the midst of a different show, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's It's fun. I like him being there. I do like the comparison to him and Captain America standing up for what the Klingon Empire should be rather than what it actually is. Yes. That's that's it. That's dead on. That hits that hits the mark really well. I, I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> I I still remember like it's been a long time since I actually sat down and watched it, but I remember gasping at the commercial break when Gauron has gone completely off the rocker and Worf is like just like no. I draw the line. I have supported you up to this point. No. And takes him out. And, you know, for <laughs> like all of two minutes becomes the Klingon emperor. It's just like, dude. And on the one hand, it's like, I'm sad that he passed on the leadership. But on the other hand, Emperor Worf, that's not as cool as Captain Worf. Nah, 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 nah. Warrior Emperor Worf, however. <laughs> Maybe kicking all the asses and getting the empire in line. That might be something. Hmm. 
we need Michael Dorn saying, I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> the only man who could make that line better. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Here's one from Superior Pizza. So when it comes to Supersonic and his powers, he's been rather inconsistent. But something I recall from SA1 is that the Emeralds feed off of positive thoughts and energy willingly given to them from multiple people. So would you say that's the reason why Supersonic goes from being able to fight planetary threats to easily getting knocked out of a superform by an exploding animal capsule? He just didn't have enough positive thoughts and energy given to him? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can do anything. I'm great. Is that a butterfly? Oops! Oh, uh, boy. I mean, does that, if we go off that hypothesis, does that mean that all the well wishes, all the hopes and dreams of the Coco and the ancients stored within cyberspace are the reason why Supersonic is so completely over the top in Frontiers? I mean, you wrote it. It's up to you. <laughs> that meshes well enough for me. <laughs> countless little ancient souls sitting there in cyberspace going yeah do it do it do it do it go 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 yeah yeah but they... the chair off the top rope yeah <laughs> yeah but weren't they trying to weren't the weren't the uh titans intended to stop people like sonic from unleashing the horror of the end on the world the ancients haven't seen any action in bajillions of years they need some entertainment man <laughs> okay if you say so. <laughs> Shouldn't we be booing him? Eh, they'll work it out in the third act. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is canon now. You've, you've, this <laughs> is it, Ian. It absolutely is not. <sighs> you heard him. He said it. It is. I say lots of things. <laughs> oh, well... With that, we have one last question. This one's from Wilmar10. Can Whisper transform with a wisps like Sonic can? I don't know. And that extends to everyone in the Sonic cast. Like, is Sonic a special boy who can handle the hypergoons and transform and do crazy feats? Or can the wisps empower anyone and give them that temporary boost? Um, I don't know. I don't know what the restrictions are on that. That could be a neat way to go with things. Maybe one day, possibly. I don't know. Mm, I need to see all colors whisper. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, while we wait for that glorious Technicolor day, we're going to have to do <laughs> the big thank you to all our patrons over at Patreon.com Patreon slash Bumblecast, Kofi.com slash Bumblecast, and our YouTube members. Patreon Dodonpa. <laughs> Big thank you to Daniel H., Jennifer R., James K., John B., Robotnik Holmes, Sam Cybercat, Samuel P., Torchbound, Mike B., Andrew D., Dave M., Salutracat, Jay Frost, Noni, Kuplin Crew 128, Duiz Den, Hero of Light 13, Professor Scruffy Matt, Chris A., Sony, Triforce Riku, John M., Sonic, 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 Scurvy Pirate Hog, Jib, Ben W., Lisa M., Lee H. K., Arcfighter Chevelle, Stardust Spectre, Twilord, Chaos Sonic 1, Axis, Starlight Sec, Xanderoni the Painter, Z Broadcast, Ink Thinks, Jonathan Dobbs, Tick Tick, Cameron H., The Name is X, Jolene B., 
Solaire Stain, Nimric, Godzilla, Nondal, Ava Arctic, Dove, Yuma221, Joshua S, Justin Mountain Soul, Miguel G, Justin S, Jennifer H, Dadler the Dalek, Sonic Legacy, Alex GS, Pedanti Cat, Mancher, Angela V, Les, Offelmon or Yukon, Omega Watt, Jack the Animator, Red the Supernamic, Chad, Jay the Redneck, Wildcard717 of the Stars, Tetsuya the Wise, and Tailed, Genzel, Indebin, Derusival, Sammy S, Preston M, Noah M, Puppy the Scholar, Wheelie Doe, Sandra B, H, Miles the Prower, Navari, Exidel, Agent Kaz, Cordero Highwind, Awesome Cakester, Four Sonic Fan, Super Sonic Fan, Rhythm Raccoon, Radry, Pigdan 20, Chase L, Sonic 84, The Marble Gardener, Aiden S, Hannah W, Venus, Bleeding Thumbs 97, Oz Jam, Shimmy M, Curly Quills, Smiley 21, Philip is Cold, Sterling Sonic, E200, Paragon, Razor, Congo, Windskull, Supernova, Superior Pizza, Sonic Page, In Zephyr, Thigoff, Subliminal, Gino the Puppet, Omega Band 21, Thievius, Miggy Sawdust, Dominic the Raccoon, Planet Preezy, Crooker, Vlad Sheen, Illegal Chow Fights, Unity, Lori L, Jason G, Cody G, Lemur Chicken, Nils, Luke R, Michael P, Morlis, Miss Nazumi, SB, My Fish Eats Rocks, The ID Card, Jonathan F, Hip Kid Brick, Levi C, Amazon, Samoth S, Dead Air, Adrian W, Zaylock, Nebula Noob, Knuckle Sandwich 87, Lacey M, Roko D, M Blewett, Miles, Full Prower, Cool Christy 1, Lucky Lychee, Spiral, Ashter, Native Nerd 27, Raccoon Shinobi, Normal Person, Marcy H, Caswell, Mr. Murderbird, The Giant Murdering Bird, Alejandro 333777, Loose, Noah I, Quazel J, Ultra Guy, Salato O2, Crowbo, Noob 600, Sonic Mania 2099, Hadronis, Paley, Tenderheart Fawn, Guts the Phantomist, Jihan S, Snowpear, The Man of Multimedia, Foofy93, Mr. Snippy, Florian, Call Me Ryan, All Peachy, Onion Girl, Charlie B, Jamal S, Wheels282, Hedgehog, Metamode, Frost the Hobbiton, Danny the Light, Buttered Noodles, Miles Prower D, El Technopata, True Cosmic Digilab79, Razor, Travis H, Tyler M, James J, Lucio X30, Pizza Person, Simply Sonic, Steph Cube, Stephen A, and Wimar Tim. Oh boy, that's a lot of names, I assume. It is, it is. <laughs> and all we... of you are greatly appreciated. Yes. We didn't record that in the past. Nope, not at all. <laughs> We're in the future. We're not recording. We we already recorded that, or we didn't record it yet. Who knows? Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Only blue male hedgehogs can be whisked up. No, I refuse. A riveting podcast. It's fine. Mm. It's, we'll do a podcast about riveting next time. <laughs> I don't know much about it. You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T-Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at BumbleKing.com and KNGI.org. said what bombshell but i have an opinion but yeah i guess you're right <laughs> i don't know there is no bombshell i don't know what the bombshell is mount mount earth is the bombshell i don't know <laughs> <laughs> mount sonic <coughs> only in some fan art well if it was mount sonic it'd be mount rushmore wouldn't it but i'm Mount Sonic is the cliff face in uh, Daytona USA's beginner track. Mm. <laughs> yes. That's not what it's called, I don't think, but it should be.
Makes the most sense, I suppose. 